21CL Radio. You're listening to the Run Your Life podcast with host Andy Vassar. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the fourth installment of the GES Insightful Classroom Teacher Series. On today's show, I have my friend and colleague, uh, Bill Kelly, uh, and we're going to talk specifically uh, a passion area, a subject area that I love, which is physical education. Uh, Bill is here to discuss some of the great things they're doing in their program there. Uh, but before we uh, get into that, uh, Bill is sitting beside me here, and uh, I just want to ask him to give some backstory into who he is and uh, kind of a snippet into his journey. So go ahead, Bill. Uh, thanks for having me, Andy. Uh, so I guess for the, my backstory, I grew up in small town Canada. I'm from the village of Cars, Ontario, which is about 25 minutes south of Ottawa. Uh, spent my time there uh, being quite active as a kid, mostly being outside and making our own fun. We had, we didn't have much in the village, so we had to make our own fun. And so you, then, you played a lot of pond hockey and yeah, whatever ball was hockey. available. Yeah, yeah, ball hockey, pond hockey, street basketball. We were right on a, we were right on the Rideau River, so we spent a lot of time swimming and boating and uh, things like that. Very so was, active childhood. Yeah, it was really fun. And then moved on to um, university in the University of Wilfrid Laurier in Waterloo. And did a degree in kinesiology and phys ed, and then went to the University of Ottawa for um, my Bachelor of Education. From there, I knew that the job market in Canada as a teacher was scarce, mm-hmm. and I also wanted to see the world and, and travel. So I went to the, the Queen's Job Fair at the time and got hired in February, I think it was, mm-hmm. for, for, a, for a teaching job overseas, graduated in... April completely broke. Can I ask you one question about yeah. that? You know, a lot of people when they leave uh, to go abroad for the first time to teach or to, to travel for an extended period of time, I remember what it, what it was like for me to go to Japan and I ended up staying in Japan for 10 years. But that feeling of like leaving for the first time, knowing that you're really going and and not coming back for an extended time, uh, what was the that experience like for you? Were you excited? Were you a bit nervous? Was it hard to say goodbye to friends? I'd say overall, I was quite excited. Yeah. You know, it was it was something that uh, that I'd been looking forward to. It was something that I knew that you know, if it didn't work out, I could I could make it through a year. Yeah. Regardless, you know. Yeah. So, and then it was very similar to what you said. I, I ended up I signed a two year contract and ended up staying in in Bahrain for eight years. What school? Um, it was called Ibn Khaldun National School in Bahrain. It was a um, a private school. It had the IB diploma, um, but it catered mostly to uh, very um, wealthy Bahraini families, and it was a great place to to learn. You know, I, I think uh, where I am as a teacher become or a lot of my experiences I experienced there. I got a chance to take on um, a lot of leadership roles early on, mm-hmm. and it helped shaped. Uh, shaped me as an educator and, and my practice and, and helped me sort of develop my career. Yeah. What was your biggest takeaway coming here to Kaos? So eight years in Bahrain. Yeah. And then you came to uh, Gardens Elementary here at the Kaos School. But what was your biggest takeaway that from Bahrain that um, really helped you in your role here? 
Well, I think knowing the the culture of the Middle East really really helped, and it was a place that I wanted to stay when I was recruiting to to other international schools. Um, I I openly uh, tried to come to Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found out about it. I heard about it, and um, I made a connection at a at a, at a PYP conference mm-hmm. um, with a teacher that was working here, and he was sort of someone that put me in contact with the previous principal. So that was something that it, I just knew the culture, and I knew I wanted to stay in the Middle East. I knew it was a great spot for families, yeah. and I, I had a very young family at the time, mm-hmm. um, and I just thought this would be a great place for us to to live and to grow and to learn. Yeah, it really is a great community for that. Um, so, Bill, you're here today. You know the kind of themes of, of the this podcast, uh, but you're here today to talk about what specifically? Well, I was going to talk about sort of one unit and sort of how it unfolded and 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 some of the benefits I saw as a teacher and also the benefits I saw for a student. Yeah. But I'm going to talk a little bit about student choice. Yeah. Um, how assessment as a teacher, how assessment can guide your teaching. Mm-hmm. And then also sort of co-constructing um, success criteria. Okay. So tell us about it. So I'm going to talk about, I'll, I'll talk specifically, now this is PE related, but I think classroom teachers and other subject areas um, can can see some benefits in, in some of the things that sort of happen within our right. department. So... We were, I'll set the scene, which was a second grade um, PE unit, and it was, uh, the active living strand was a big focus for the mm-hmm. PSB curriculum, and we were we were looking at individual pursuits. So the whole thing started out with um, the idea that if we can find a way to have students drive the unit, choose what activities to do, and this will thus increase increase intrinsic motivation yeah and and we'll see the benefits throughout the unit which research suggests is true you know uh, the choice leads to motivation and uh, self-authoring yeah yeah and it's funny because this actually came up in our department through doing some four minute walkthroughs and we ended up seeing it was a, it started with going to a grade three class and seeing one of my colleagues running uh, reading groups in her class and she was allowing the students to choose the books that they wanted to read within their reading level mm-hmm. and and just thinking like how we, we need to do more of this and mm-hmm. we changed the fifth grade unit and then we changed the second grade unit right. to reflect that and, it, yeah. and it's interesting how those relationships to, to classroom teachers can reflect in single subject areas yeah, as well. And, and just to some backstory into the four minute walkthrough so it's it's a professional practice here that we engage in at the coast school and teachers are encouraged um, throughout the year to to uh, gather a group of colleagues. It doesn't have to be subject-specific colleagues, uh, or you know, it can be a, a mixture of different colleagues. But to plan a, a four-minute walkthrough, and you go in for four minutes only, just to glean some insight into what's happening. And, and after you debrief and you have a discussion about the things that you saw and, and valuable takeaways, so I can see how that sparked your curiosity about uh, transferring what you had seen over to PE. So yeah. So, so then getting back to our unit, so we, we, we started out with a big brainstorm as a class. Class one, we started out with a big, big brainstorm about what, indi- what an individual pursuit was, what an individual activity was, and let the kids just fire them all up there. So it was everything from swimming and rock climbing and bowling. And then some kids didn't quite know yet, so they were saying, well, soccer and basketball. And then that gave us a chance to explore the two areas and say, well, what makes it an individual sport? And then what makes it a team sport? Mm-hmm. Then we went back. And we looked at them and we started eliminating ones that just weren't going to work. Mm-hmm. So first of all, something like soccer. Well, that's a team sport. We'll do that in another unit. Yeah. We'll, we'll cross that off. Snow skiing. You know, that's an individual sport. Yeah. Well, we cross that off. It would be great to do, but we're not in Switzerland. 
Yeah. Um, we live in a desert, yeah. so we cross that off. We we don't have a bowling alley at the school. We don't have a rock climbing wall at the school. Da, 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 so we eliminated down, and then almost unanimously, the kids wanted to try skateboarding. Mm-hmm. These kids had seen other kids in the school do it, so I think it was kind of there. They knew we had the gear, we have the space to do it, so we went for it. And this was almost, I, I want to say, unanimous that they chose this. Mm-hmm. I'd say 80% had never even tried it before. Mm-hmm. So to me, this is already, we're starting the unit off with risk takers. Yes. You know, they want to just, they want to just try this, um, and get on with it. So the unit unfolded after that was that first day they, they, we explored it, they, we, we tried it. And then I was obviously concerned about safety. Mm-hmm. Um, so I basically, we, we talked to them basically by the one question, you know, how can we be safe by riding a skateboard? Mm-hmm. And then the kids sort of thought about it. They thought about the gear, what gear to use. Then they explored how to put it on. Then they did a sort of a self-assessment. If they're wearing the gear properly, they did a peer yeah. assessment, check their buddies. And this is also them learning and exploring how to put it on. Because yeah. if not as a teacher, you could be completely bogged down putting on 20 sets of gear yeah. and waste your whole time. And having seen, you know, I, I covered some classes last week and it was a skateboarding class that I... I uh, talked with Steve. Steve led the class, but just seeing how the kids came in, they knew the equipment they had to grab. Uh, they put on the safety gear. Uh, it didn't take very long. Some kids that struggled a bit, other kids would help them. But it was really nice to see the independence that they had shown because ultimately it's their responsibility to keep themselves safe. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, th- and we'll talk a little bit more about responsibility yeah. in this, but... That's the thing, you know. They they have to they have to take ownership for it. They've got to get the gear on themselves. It's not I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And to me, this is the first step in differentiation in this unit. Yeah. The kids that are are motivated to to get out there and start riding, they're in there quick. They've got their board in their hand, all the gear on their board in their hand before other kids have even got a helmet on. You know. Right. So it's it's it just gives those kids that really want to get going. They gives them more time to practice. Yes. Definitely. So I think just giving that option. So then, from that. In that first class, we got a chance to go out and practice. Yeah. And that first day is all about exploration to me. I don't want to give them too much up front. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make sure they're safe. And then I want to let them to take some risk and explore. Mm-hmm. And I purposely didn't give too many instructions. I, I made myself available for anybody that wanted to ask or anybody that was nervous. But I just sort of let it unfold to see how mm-hmm. it went. And then we had a quick sort of debrief at the end what they liked. And then we moved into the second class where we started to sort of co-construct this success criteria together. Right. So now they'd had a taste of it. Mm-hmm. They'd seen what it looks like to be successful and what they think they have to do. And we just started writing it down. So it came with the big question was, how can you be How do you know that you're successful when you skateboard? Mm-hmm. And this could transfer to another class. For how sure. do you know that you're, you're a successful writer? Yeah. Or what does it mean to be um, a successful reader? And this could be brought from everybody. And then when the students can can identify it in their own words, then it has a lot more meaning to them, yeah. in my opinion. And it's easier to unpack yeah. with them, yeah. Exactly. So then so then they came out with um, examples such as, uh, I can put on my safety equipment. I can balance on a skateboard. I can push with one foot and make the board move. Um, I can be in control and not crash into anything. Um, I'm able to turn on both sides. Mm-hmm. I'm able to stop. And this is what we started with. Mm-hmm. So then probably for the next couple of lessons, this is what... Kids went out and they practiced and they, they can say, well, I can turn one way and turn the next, you know, yeah. and, and, and figure this kind of stuff out. Then as it moved forward, um, we ended up 
adding more as, as students got a bit more confident and were able to take it higher and higher. Then we ended up adding things like I can ride down a hill. I can ride down a hill and turn. Mm -hmm. um, and some kids even wanted to start trying some tricks. So it's, it's that ability to take the unit as high as you can go. Where in, in other units where they're maybe games-based, where you're relying on a team, you don't always have that option. That's what yeah. I love about um, individual-type skills is that some kids are learning to balance and, and, and move, and some kids are, are taking it to that next level, and, and you can really let them go And with knowing it. that that's okay, and what I like uh, seeing you guys do is the fact that to elevate the challenge, um, you pull the other kids aside, and you have them first practice tricks on grass where it's it's safe where yeah. they're not gonna you know yeah. just to maintain their balance and to to learn but really differentiating it taking it taking it to the next level ensuring safety but allowing everybody that entry point to decide when they bump up the challenge yeah. yet challenge themselves they don't want to they don't want it to be too easy find that right uh just right challenge for them that's it and, and there's some kids that it, it takes four weeks to push and glide and that's okay but it's, it's getting over that fear and getting over that risk of falling and getting back up, mm -hmm. perseverance, all of those things that are, I just think are so critical for these young kids. Yeah. Um, so moving on to sort of assessment guiding practice, to me this unit was, it, it created a lot of insights for me. It, it opened up my thinking to, um, I've always believed obviously in formative assessment, PE teachers have been doing formative assessments since before it was cool. Yeah. You know, and... Exactly. and it's it's what really leads to learning and what what I loved about this unit was I unfolded in two ways first I, I I took a video of them two about a two to five second video for the students and this wasn't for me to keep in records or or dissect the video in any way it was strictly an entry point for dialogue with yeah. me and the students so it was sort of my first step into conferencing one-on-one -on -one conferencing yeah. with kids so we look at a two-second video They'd look at it. You could just see the enthusiasm in their face. I'd maybe jot down a few notes as to what they thought about the video. And then I could even delete the video after that. It wouldn't matter. But then I would lead into the question, well, what do you want to learn next? So I, I could ask every single kid in the class what they wanted to learn next mm -hmm. and then give them actionable steps immediately. Yes. Timely, so, timely feedback. Timely. Timely feedback. and it, Again, research-based because timely feedback it has been shown to be most effective. Yeah. So setting up the conditions to be able to give timely feedback requires carefully thinking out how you're going to structure your lesson and organizing time. So I think that's, that's an excellent step in, in pushing, you know, using it to push their learning forward. For sure. And I think the one that, that stood for me was that it, it, was, it was different for each kid. And they told me exactly what they wanted to learn next. So one kid said, okay, I'm ready to, I can push and glide now, but I want to turn. Mm -hmm. So I could show them right on the board. I can show them on my board, show them on their board, and, and then show them what the, the, the elements of their, what they needed to do to turn. So how to, how to put the weight on one, on maybe on your toe or on your heel and just have them feel it. And then they could go off and practice it right then and there with that feedback. And yeah. you just saw that, that growth, having that individual attention and growth was, was incredible, which often uh, I, I hadn't seen in other units yeah. just because you're working on team sports and yeah. it's hard to dissect what the, each kid wants to learn. Yeah. And this sort of took it to that next level. So that to me, that was just a real eye opener and, and something that I'm going to explore further this year is, is different ways to inquire into different, um, conferencing methods, mm -hmm. how to, how to plan my lesson so I can conference or, or different ways to go around that mm -hmm. just to get back to this one-on-one -on -one relationship building and one-on-one, -on -one, um, uh, 
like timely feedback. Yeah, for sure. And the one thing I want to mention is I took video last week of the grade two class and it really was extraordinary to see so many kids, every single kid in the class, every single kid engaged. Yeah. And I specifically took a 360 kind of panoramic um, video to show what every kid was doing. And I put that on Twitter and uh, so many teachers, I mean, you know, when, when something is retweeted so many times, it's because other teachers see the extraordinary value in it. Yeah. And uh, as a result of seeing that, you, you've got other schools now really curious about this. And I think we've hooked up with the United Nations School of Hanoi, Yeah. the head of PE there. And you guys are now kind of mentoring them through the process of how to set up a skateboarding unit. So there's a lot of really good stuff happening in this unit. Yeah, we're hoping to get a chance to Skype with him soon. And, and uh, yeah. Steve, our colleague in the P department, is in contact with him. And yeah. he actually sent us, the, the gentleman sent us an email this morning. Yeah. Uh, about Cam it. So, McHale. Yeah. yeah. So we'll get uh, we'll get him going. It's great to see what he's what he's going to yeah. do with the program and yeah. uh, explore it. So I'll move on to the next one. Sure. Is, um, to me, student-initiated action is the real... Um, Proof of learning, Absolutely. in my opinion. Yes. You know, and this could go to, for any classroom teacher. Yeah. So, I'd say that to anybody in the world, if at the end of a unit or at the end of a lesson, your students go off and take action on their own, they were motivated by that learning and they yeah. want to learn more. And this is how we, it, this is how education is going in the future because people can learn anything they want now yeah. on the internet for free. Yeah, you know, and people don't need to go to university anymore. Yeah, you know, they yeah. don't. You can learn anything you want. You can build your own business, and you can. You can thrive with your own knowledge, and if if we can get kids to be motivated and go learn things on their own, or take their learning that that, that we sort of sparked, and they can take it further, win. This is a win. Huge yeah, win. this yeah. is a huge win. So for us, we thought this unit ended, and the kids did not want it to end. Yeah, and we can't do skateboarding all year because we've mm-hmm. got to deliver a balanced program, yeah. and they've got to learn other things. But that doesn't mean that they can't still do it. So we thought of the idea of almost like a PE library yeah. where kids can come and they can, they can, they can sign out gear and they can take it home and, and practice over the weekends and then get better. We've got a community that's safe yeah. with, with a abundance of facilities and we want kids to be active and we, we tried it. And to me, it, it, it goes with the IB philosophy of getting responsible people Student and responsible yes, and, learners, you yeah. know, and these guys have to be responsible to come down. They sign it out. They take care of the board and then they bring it back. Yeah. And if they don't bring it back, well, we chase them down. Yeah. But we also, we also say, well, you, you maybe you lost the right to do this for a while. Yeah. You know, you got to think about how you're going to be responsible. And this has grown today and it's, it's continuing to go. Yeah. And we're fortunate enough at the cow school to be well resourced. Yeah. Um, but I am also in the opinion that we've got the gear. Let's use it. Yeah. What's, absolutely. what's gear going to do? It's not doing anybody any good sitting in a, in a cupboard somewhere. Yeah. And so we use it until it's broken and then we, we work on getting some. Yeah. Stuff. And what's cool is every, every, we start the week here on Sunday and on Sunday morning, seeing all the kids come into school on their skateboards and then go down the hallway and line up and, and, and return it. And, uh, it's great to see that action. Yeah. And, and to me, like that action developed out of our, out of our department's mission, you know, and we created a mission a few years ago for, for students to develop, um, the confidence and the positive attitude, the joy of movement Mm -hmm. that's necessary to live healthy, active lifestyles. Yes. And what we do with our planning, with our teaching, with our, with our intramurals, with our after school program, this is all to guide kids towards that love of movement and to be healthy yeah. for their lives. And if they find and try a million things when they're in, in elementary school, 
hopefully this will they'll develop into healthy, active adults. You know, this doesn't mean you're going to be playing on a on a competitive soccer team your whole life. But right. if you learn how to swim, it can take you in different directions, and, yeah, and yeah, it can keep you sure. healthy for your life. You yeah, know, just find something sure. that you love. So, I think this is this mission drives us. Yeah, and it's day. that idea of aligning everything to the core values of your philosophy statement. So. Um, Bill, uh, thanks for sharing that. Uh, where can people find you on, uh, Twitter? Uh, Twitter, I am, uh, at the PYP movement, man. Yeah. PYP uh, movement, P- man. P- P- movement man. Have a look at that one. Yeah. And, um, yeah, feel free to, to send me a message. Um, if you, yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. And, and yeah. with this gentleman that reached out to us from, from Hanoi, yeah. um, you know, if, if some people are interested in, in talking more about, uh, co-constructing success criteria or if they're interested in developing skateboard units or any other individual unit like this um, you know we're going to contact we're going to talk to him by Skype we're going to yeah. find a time in a, in, a, in, a, in a departmental meeting to meet yeah. with him if anybody else wants to do that uh, feel free yeah that's great okay Bill thank you very much for uh, being on this uh, fourth installment of the GES Insightful Classroom Teacher Series uh, everybody thank you for listening and I hope you come back to listen to future episodes uh, next week, we've got Melissa McQuaid. Oh, great. I'll be <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thanks. As always, after each uh, GES Insightful Classroom teacher series, John Davidson and I always debrief and have a quick reflection. So uh, John's going to start with his thoughts today about Bill Kelly's podcast. Yep. As always, interesting stuff coming from Bill. Um, I think when I've been into his classrooms, it's been uh, some of the most interesting PE I've ever seen. Sorry, Andy, I haven't seen your PE lessons, <laughs> but I'm sure, I'm sure they're just as good. And I remember my, my little girl, who was uh, in his second grade doing that, uh, that skateboard unit. She would bring home her skateboard every weekend, and she actually loved it. And this is a little girl who's kind of uh, shies away from anything slightly dangerous. So she, was, uh, she, she became that risk taker yeah. that Bill was talking about. Uh, I did love the way he was bringing in all the attributes of the, pro- of the profile and uh, the PYP in general. So he was talking about attitudes. He was talking about being a risk taker. He was talking about action. That I thought was very interesting uh, because that is it. You know, what is the point of education? It's so that it actually has an impact on the student's life. And undoubtedly, his lessons do. Um, so he's an inspiration. Uh, I've seen it from my end. And uh, he was very, very interesting. Um, I think one of the phrases he used that I was I really hitched onto was that it opened a dialogue with the students. Um, they began to talk about their learning, and I think that's that's really quite enlightening uh, for any teacher. Uh, but you talk about that in PE, it's, that's wonderful. It's it's too often merely skills based, uh, but he was he opened up this dialogue with the students. They were talking about their learning. They're talking about success criteria. Uh, he really included them. So it was great. Yeah, I think it's that idea of uh, giving kids opportunity to take action uh, on things they're learning in PE. And that, to me, uh, speaks volumes about the program that they have in elementary here, Bill, uh, Steve Roberson, and Evan Bryceland. So it really is uh, a really cool thing to see them um, kind of teach and, and really stress uh, with the students, everything to do with taking risks and learning from failure and, and skateboarding is, is a very scary thing when, when you're young, you know. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of falling. Um, 
they're afraid that they can't do it, but the way the class is set up, they're given lots of opportunity to find their own entry point mm -hmm. uh, into the skill of skateboarding itself. What really uh, struck me at, or resonated with me was the idea of uh, the PE library, yes. which yeah. gives kids an opportunity to take action on their learning after school and on weekends. Um, what a great idea. It's the first I've, I've you know, consulted with a number of schools worldwide uh, in regards to PE programs, and I've never seen a PE library. Hmm. So it really is a unique thing. And what I think is kind of imagine the classroom teachers and art teachers and music teachers all having their own library. Mm -hmm. The kids can sign stuff out, like a math library or a language arts library. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it really would work and, and apply in the classroom as well. Yeah, yeah. As, as Bill said, we, we're a very well-resourced school, um, but it, they should they should stay in a cupboard. So everything from... The traditional library to a math library, an art, an art library, a visual arts library, a music library. Yeah, um, we should be getting that stuff out of the cupboard into the kids, of, in the hands of kids. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's that's how you can actually collect data too on on them taking action on their learning, mm -hmm. uh, which is always uh, the the evidence is there. Like like we said in the the podcast, you see kids lining up on Monday mornings returning the PE equipment, mm -hmm. you see them around the community, uh, in the skate park and stuff, so I, I think uh, Bill and, and uh, Steve and Evan are doing a, a really good job at uh, inspiring young people to uh, be physically active. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that's our reflection for today, but uh, thanks John. Um, and next week we have Melissa McQuaid. Mm -hmm. uh, so, looking forward to uh, her podcast so everybody thank you for listening to the GES Insightful Classroom Teacher Series and we hope you come back and listen to the next episode thanks for listening to the Run Your Life Podcast by Andy Bassett to check out show notes get some more information about Andy as well as his guests head to our website 21clradio.com